Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. Welcome to the Bible Answer Man broadcast with the president of the Christian Research Institute, Hank Hanegraaff. Our mission is to equip you with answers to share the hope that you have within you because life and truth matter. Why? Because being armed with truth will equip you to counter the corrosive worldviews at work in our world today, while experiencing the authentic Christian life will make you a winsome witness of the purpose of life, which is to experience union with God and Christ, both for today and for all eternity. For more information about CRI and the Bible Answer Man broadcast, our phone number is 888-7000-CRI. You can find us online at equip.org. The following program was pre-recorded. And now, here's Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you very much, Randy. You can also contact us via the mail at Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. We will get to your calls in the second part of the broadcast today. I do want to start this broadcast out, as I have started every broadcast out this week, with an overview of what we're celebrating during Holy Week. The Eastern Church is celebrating Holy Week this week, the Western Church last week. In either case, it is so important not to let the days simply slip by without having an understanding of what's going on in terms of the celebration, the commemoration of each and every one of these days. This the Wednesday of Holy Week, is a day that we call Spy Wednesday. It's a day that will forever live in infamy. It's on this day that the ancient church commemorates the ultimate in contrast, a prostitute transformed into a pure bride in contrast to a chosen disciple who conspires with sinful men to betray the King of Truth. The story of anointing is a story I want to spend a little time on. It's a familiar one. In Luke's Gospel, we find Jesus at the home of a Pharisee named Simon. And as he sat down to eat, a woman who was a sinner brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil of myrrh. This story, the story of Christ's encounter with the sinful woman 
Well, it's an icon of amazing grace. Her sins are forgiven. She's granted the peace that passes all understanding. She gives her all and thereby inherits the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. And so the fallen woman, she's transformed into a flawless bride beautifully dressed for her bridegroom, a wise virgin anointed by the very chrism with which she once anointed Christ. Contrarily, there's Judas. He's considered one of those who saw the anointing of Jesus as a sinful waste. He saw an anointing both of the sinful woman in the house of Simon the Pharisee and, by the way, by St. Mary and Bethany, an anointing that took place six days prior to Passover. But in either case, he sees anointing again as a waste. Why? Because he despised the master. He considered his value to be a mere 30 pieces of silver, essentially the value ascribed to the inordinate purchase of a slave. So pretended concern for the poor, he attacks their extravagance because he values the wealth of the world far more than the wealth of the word made flesh, the word that dwelt among us. From his perspective, the anointing of Jesus with, with costly perfume was a waste because he had no appreciation for the infinite value of the creator of the cosmos. But from the perspective of Mary, Jesus is King of kings. He's Lord of lords. And thus nothing bestowed upon him could ever be considered a waste. Holy Wednesday. The Wednesday of Holy Week is forever remembered. It's forever recalled as Spy Wednesday. Why? Because on Wednesday of the last week of Christ's earthly sojourn, Judas became a spy for the enemies of Messiah. He who eats bread with me, said Jesus, has lifted up his heel against me. The words of Jesus concerning Judas hearken back to David's prophetic lament, the lament concerning his betrayal at the hands of Ahithophel, Ahithophel who, after his plot with Absalom had failed, went out and hanged himself. A millennium later, Judas went out and did the very same. All of this leads back to you and to me. Do we live for the kingdoms of this world or for the kingdom that is to come? How often in Scripture have God's chosen people been likened to a harlot? Even now, I think of Hosea's marriage to the prostitute Gomer, which is a poignant 
parallel to God's wedding covenant with Israel. Though Gomer repeatedly whores after other lovers, Hosea doggedly pursues reconciliation and relationship with his bride. Hosea's love for Gomer is emblematic of God's love for his prostituted bride. Verse by verse, the painful picture of of a people who prostitute themselves with pagan deities emerges. It culminates in Hosea's lament over a people who love the wages of a prostitute at every threshing floor. The image, of course, is pregnant with meaning. Not only was the threshing floor a place of intimacy in which the kinsman redeemer spread the corner of his garment over Ruth, but the very temple itself was built on the threshing floor. Unlike Ruth, the prostituted bride had little interest in seeking intimacy with God in his temple. Instead, she craved intimacy with foreign gods on the threshing floors of perverse temples. The contrast between the prostituted bride and that of a purified bride could not be starker. It is that between those who bear the mark of the beast and those who bear the mark of Christ, those who love the things of this world and those who love the Lord of the world that is to come. The takeaway is a prayer that you and I are like the prostitute who anointed the feet of the master, like the thief who cried out, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. May we be the very personifications of what in unison we say during every liturgy. I will not give you a kiss as did Judas, but like the thief, I pray, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And by the way, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, it's been the common practice throughout church history for Christians to read all four Gospels up until the point in each Gospel account where the passion of the Christ begins. So if you haven't done so already, perhaps you can take just one of the Gospels and read it for all its substantial worth. Do it before your head hits the pillow tonight. But we will be back on the other side of the break with more of the Bible Answer Man broadcast. We'll go directly to your questions. My thanks to all of you who stand shoulder to shoulder with me in the battle for life and truth. We will be right back. If you were going into combat, what would be more important, the number of those who were for you or the number of those who were with you? Now, apply that question to today's battle for the hearts and minds of literally millions of people at home and abroad. That's what makes members of CRI's support team so vital. They're not simply for CRI's critical mission, 
They're standing with CRI each and every day. If you want your voice and your values to be heard 24-7 through the outreaches of the Christian Research Institute, become a member of CRI's support team today. Just call 888-7000-CRI to stand with CRI daily in the battle for life and truth. And as our thanks, Hank Hanegraaff will personalize to you a copy of his black leather bound, silver embossed, complete Bible answer book, collector's edition, revised and updated. Call 888-7000-CRI or visit our website at equip.org. Hank will be back right after this. Why did the authorities need Judas to identify Jesus? How could the people who cheered Jesus on Palm Sunday call for his death just a few days later? Why was Pontius Pilate trying hard to avoid sending Jesus to his death? Is there evidence outside the Bible that these events actually happened? In the documentary film on DVD, The Week That Changed the World, professor of ancient history Paul Meyer offers compelling answers to questions concerning the events of Holy Week that culminated in Christ's death and resurrection. Dr. Meyer lays out the hard, verifiable facts of history and archaeology. Receive your copy of The Week That Changed the World on DVD as our thanks for your gift. Simply call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support CRI's life-changing outreaches, 888-7000-CRI, or visit equip.org, equip.org. Bertrand Russell famously said, most people would rather die than think, and many of them do. Not so with CRI support team members. Support team members are not only serious thinkers, but their membership in CRI's support team helps to equip hundreds of thousands of fellow believers around the globe each and every month. Are you not a member? Then you're missing out. Not only do support team members form the backbone of Christian Research Institute's outreaches, but they enjoy their selection of resources from our Equipping Essentials Library and receive a complimentary subscription to CRI's award-winning Christian Research Journal, just two of the benefits of membership. To discover how you can make a difference 24-7 in equipping believers at home and abroad to stand for life and truth, check out the benefits of membership at equip.org. When you need answers about the Bible and the intersection of our faith and culture, you turn to the Bible Answer Man broadcast and the Christian Research Institute. But did you know we're entirely supported by God's provision through friends like you? In appreciation for your gift of ministry support today, we'll send you Hank's book, The Third Day, a convincing case study on the most important truth of Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Johnny Erickson Tata has said, Hank leaves no stone unturned, thoroughly portraying the resurrection as our grand hope, the glorious springboard from which we all dive into eternity. Strengthen your defense of the resurrection and increase your confidence in your own eternal future. Call 888-7000-CRI or visit equip.org now.
With an unmatched mastery of scripture and history, Professor Paul Meyer discusses and defends the historicity of the events of Holy Week, which culminated in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Receive The Week That Changed the World on DVD as our thanks for your gift. Simply call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support CRI's life-changing outreaches. 888-7000-CRI or visit equip.org. Equip.org. Once again, here's Bible Answer Man host, Hank Hanegraaff. And thank you very much, Randy. Let's go right to our phone callers. First up, Nancy in Pennsylvania. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Hank. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Nice talking to you again. Um, I have a friend. That I just found out that a friend of mine is a member of um, Rodney Howard Brown, uh, one of his satellite church. And I looked into his statement of faith, and it seems like he believes in the essentials but I know that he's into a lot of heresy. Um, if he believes in uh, the essentials, how do how does that make his ministry a cult, and how can I explain that to my friend? Well, you know, I think it's cultic, for sure, and I don't think that he holds to the essentials of the historic Christian faith, because what he does is he uses the Christian words, but he pours his own meaning into those words. And from a sociological standpoint, I think he's a very dangerous person. I wrote a book called Counterfeit Revival, and Rodney Howard Brown is prominently featured in that book. There are so many false prophecies that he makes. He has prophesied that people by the droves were going to jump out of wheelchairs. People were going to be raised from the dead. But the reality is, as the Holy Ghost bartender or the Holy Ghost hitman, as he prefers to call himself, and I was the subject of one of his tirades in a church in Southern California, uh, which is a story in and of itself, but as the Holy Ghost bartender, he is using the power of suggestion to create placebos for psychosomatic symptoms and sickness. In truth, there's nothing supernatural about what he does. He uses the magic of mental manipulation. And so he is constantly beguiling and deceiving his devotees. He's an unreliable teacher and, as I would say, cultic. I wouldn't necessarily say that what he has is a cult, but certainly from a sociological standpoint, he is a counterfeit of the genuine article. He has unreliable revelations that can't be trusted. He uses linguistic subversion, theological perversion, and sociological deviance that I think is very, very terrifying. I saw it firsthand over a long period of time, and that is why he's included in my book, Counterfeit Revival. Okay. And so, um, in that case, what would happen to, if the Lord comes to, a, you know, my friend, you know, would, I mean, how, how, I guess we don't, we don't know how God would judge them, but um, give me an idea that, you know, she won't, be lost if she's naive to it? Well, I don't think it's the absence of truth that damns. It's the despising of truth that damns. But 
Having said that, I think it's important for you as a friend to let her know that she is in the context of a very unhealthy body, a body in which the pastor is using socio-psychological manipulation tactics to lure the devotees to all kinds of false paradigms of spirituality. Okay, well, thank you so much. You helped me a lot. Okay, you got it. Chris, next in Seattle, Washington. Hi, Chris. Hi, Hank. Uh, I have a question here, and um, I've listened to you for a long time, and I must disclose that I, um, I became Catholic in 2017, which I think is the same year uh, you converted to Orthodoxy. And one of my first steps upon my journey was I listened to a debate that you facilitated between uh, Jimmy Aiken, who I know you guys are friends, and um, James White. And I'm just curious, what is your take on Sola Scriptura now as an Orthodox Christian, and do you think it's biblical? Well, look, I think one of the ways that I would attack that question is to go back to Irenaeus. The reason I do that is he is one of the great apologists in church history. In the early Christian church, he was one of the first. And one of the most significant apologetic tomes in church history was penned by Irenaeus against heresies. And what he does in that tome is he does not respond to the heresy of Gnosticism with a sola scriptura argument, but in refuting the Gnostic heresy, he argues that you can go all the way back to an unbroken apostolic succession and you find nothing whatsoever in the teachings of the early church that give credibility to the silly doctrines of the Gnostics. So for Irenaeus, the sacred commission of the apostolic fathers was the proper transmission of apostolic tradition from one generation to the next, from the Holy Fathers onward to the Eucharistic assembly of every local church in every successive generation. Now, here's what I think. I think all too often people set scripture over against holy tradition, failing to recognize that holy tradition gave a scripture. And so the holy tradition of the apostolic fathers was never considered an independent instance. It was a complementary source of faith. Ecclesiastical understanding could never add anything to scripture but it was the only means to ascertain and to disclose the true meaning of Scripture. So tradition was, in fact, the authentic interpretation of Scripture, and in that sense, it's coextensive with Scripture. Tradition, therefore, becomes Scripture rightly understood. And I think this is really important because how did we get the Bible? We got the Bible because, as Paul said, the church is the ground and pillar of truth. And it is through the church that we have the scriptures. You have to remember, at the time of Irenaeus, they didn't have a corpus of scripture that we now call the canon of the New Testament. 
That came into being over a process of time. So I think oftentimes we become dichotomaniacs. You know, we make a false dichotomy that isn't necessary. And in this case, I don't think it's particularly helpful. Let's go back to the phone lines. Talk to Charles in Dexter, Missouri. Hi, Charles. Hey, uh, how are you doing? Good. I'm an over-the-road truck driver, and I listen to your program. Thank it's you. It's not every day. First, I'd like to say that uh, I'll be praying for you that uh, the Lord's will be done in your life. Uh, uh, my question for you, Hank, is the other day I was driving down the road. I thought I heard you say that there was no rapture. Am I incorrect in that, or did did I actually hear you say that? Well, I would say that there's no basis biblically for a pre-tribulational rapture. There's not a single passage in Scripture that speaks of Jesus coming to rapture the church seven years prior to his second appearing. In fact, our Lord's own words negate the very notion. Jesus said, a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. So the plain and literal sense of our Lord's words suggests a moment in the future when both the righteous and the unrighteous are going to be resurrected and judged together. Now, the notion that some believers will come out of their graves at the rapture and others 107 years later is clearly an imposition on the biblical text. And I would say, furthermore, that there's no biblical basis for a coming seven-year tribulation during which the vast majority of Jews are going to die. That, of course, is not to suggest that the Jews have not faced tribulation in the past. You think, for example, the terrible seven-year tribulation suffered by the Jews under the beastly reign of Antiochus IV Epiphanes. But The reality is there's no warrant whatsoever to take what happened under the Old Testament Antichrist or in the first century with the beast of Revelation and then transport that into the 21st century and then think that, well, the Christians are going to get raptured and the Jews are going to get bludgeoned. Two-thirds of them are going to die in a Holocaust that exceeds anything that's ever happened to them in their history. I've written about this in the book titled The Apocalypse Code, find out what the Bible really says about the end times and why it matters today. Also have an entry in the complete Bible answer book, collector's edition, revised and updated on pre-tribulational rapture and many other answers to many other questions. Check it out on the web at equip.org. Out of time for this edition of the Bible Answer Man broadcast tomorrow. Another monologue, this time on Holy Thursday. This is one of the most important days in the entire church calendar. So long for now. We appreciate you tuning in to the Bible Answer Man broadcast. Before we sign off today, here's our contact information. By phone, dial 888-7000-CRI, which translates to 888-7000-274. On the internet, go to equip.org. That's equip.org. You can also write CRI at Post Office Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina. The zip code is 28271. Our prayer is that today's broadcast has equipped you to better defend your faith and encouraged you to pursue sound doctrine and godly living. Thank you for listening. The Bible Answer Man broadcast is supported by listeners like you.
We're on the air because life and truth matter. The resurrection is without question the most important event in human history. Why? The resurrection astonishingly did more than miraculously reverse the order of sin and death that plagues humanity. It inaugurated a whole new order of being for us and for the universe. Unfortunately, far too many people, believers and unbelievers alike, fail to grasp the enormous implications of this event. To strengthen your faith and equip you to provide credible answers to questions concerning the death and resurrection of Christ, the Christian Research Institute is offering the documentary film on DVD, The Week That Changed the World, featuring historian Paul Meyer. Receive The Week That Changed the World on DVD as our thanks for your gift. Simply call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to support CRI's life-changing outreaches. 888-7000-CRI or visit equip.org, equip.org.